Welcome to another VO Radio show. My name's Andrew Peters. And my name's Robbo in stormy Sydney, as you can probably hear in the background, because I've got the window open. Oh, good boy. Yeah, well, it's pretty, you've, you've had some uh, inclement weather, I must admit. Yeah, it's been uh, raining cats and dogs for about the last three weeks, but um, that's okay. It's good for the veggie patch. Indeed. Well, I tell you what, I was in LA talking about rain and the day I arrived was one of the biggest storms they've had on record. They had a month's worth of rain in about three hours. Yeah. Although rainfall in LA, it probably only needs to be a few millimetres to um, to be massive, right? Well, it was, but it was. Much. It was huge. I, it was really huge. In fact, I was lucky to, to the plane landed because uh, soon after I got there, I got there in the morning, uh, mm. I think they closed LAX in the afternoon because it was just... Uh, Wow. It was full on, full on storm. Yeah. Like sinkholes, 40 foot sinkholes in roads and stuff, cars coming down holes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough so of that. So tell us, besides getting wet, what were you doing over there? Uh, well, I was over there working, doing some work for uh, real time casting, which is my other online business, and uh, mm-hmm. just having meetings there and looking for partnerships. Uh, but also took the time to catch up with a few people, and uh, including uh, my agent over there, which I did think was a bit of a disaster, but. It obviously wasn't because I just booked a gig this morning. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But I also caught up with a couple of other people there. One in particular was uh, Nick Tate, who uh, many people Mm. in the industry would know here in Australia as uh, a a well-known actor. Um, Mm. But also in the US, he's known very well as, uh, you know, a voiceover guy. In fact, one of the big movie trailer voices from the 90s. Mm. Mm. Um, so we had a long chat and we were talking about how the industry has changed and um, he was saying, you know, back in the 90s, well, the five guys in the limo, but there were a few others, were making some serious coin. I mean, they just own the territory. And the other thing, of course, is he's from the, the old school where you worked and you played golf. <laughs> you know, you yeah. played golf in the morning, your pager went <laughs> off, you know, your agent saying, are you available next week? Um, yeah. These days, of course, you have to be sitting in front of a microphone. Yeah, you need your uh, Harlan Hogan kit sitting in the golf buggy almost. Well, that's exactly right. In fact, this is really interesting because I also was in um, Tasmania last week and mm. on Sunday the phone rang and it was my agent in Sydney saying we had an ur- she had an urgent job, was I home? And I said, no, I'm not, but I do have my Harlan Hogan uh, in the car, which I could have set up in the car and, and actually recorded from there or even... Mm jumped on Source Connect now, like we are at the moment, and mm. uh, beam straight in. But there's still that fear. I don't know what that fear is, but it's still there. Yeah, I think it still comes back to that technology thing. Do you reckon, Funny, do you reckon it? it's that or is it something else? Look, I think it's probably a bit of both. I, I, it's inter- to go back to your original point, I find the same thing with production work. Like I'm finding more and more where people would ring and say, look, we're editing at the moment. Next week or the week after, we're going to have some OMFs. We need you to mix whatever. And, you know, as, as you point out, you would say, sure, not a problem. You'd whack it in the diary and away you'd go. These days, an email turns up saying, hey, Robbo, here's a link to an OMF. I need it back by the morning. So there's two things that come from that from me. And the first one is that there's obviously some acceptance of technology becoming better and faster and more efficient but when it comes to recording voiceover, I think there's a little bit of standoff there. I think there's still a little bit, unless you're standing in a room that's got padded walls and a glass window looking into the control room, then you're not really doing a voiceover. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think we're halfway there is probably what I'm trying to say and it probably comes back to that glass half full thing is we're, 
we're halfway there, but I don't think we've tipped it all the way over the line in terms of professional voiceover. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like there's a bit of hypocrisy. I mean, everyone's happy for you to do things really quickly. Like if you mm. if you you know, can you send us a sample of something? Can you do this really quickly now? Mm. That's mm. cool. But uh, then mm. when it's like, okay, we've got the session. Oh no, we need you to come in for that. It's like, well, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's odd. And and it's also well, interesting it, because I sent you a file because I I have been as we've done on previous podcasts. Um, we've talked about the different uh, road cases and we tested the eyeball. We did the Harlan Hogan Porter Booth Pro. I've used various microphones, all that kind of stuff. In the mm. end, in LA, I took the um, that JZ, which had, yep. uh, as it turned out, too much bottom end for being stuck in a, in a very small space like it the Harlan Hogan. Yep. So I changed microphones to the little Microtech Gefell, the little 930, uh, which mm. is notoriously toppy. Not not nasty, yeah. not crackly, but has a lot of top end. And that seemed to balance out the bottom end that you get from the Harlan Hogan. And I sent that mm. to you and I said, What do you think? And your reply mm. was? No, my reply was that it actually it actually sounded very close to what you were putting out of your studio. Yeah. Which is yeah, really if interesting. You put them side by side, yeah. not a lot of difference. No. And that was really interesting. And I'd sent an email to Harlan Hogan to express my uh, my result. And he's going to come on the show in the next uh, couple of weeks. But um, oh, cool. it was about the whole thing was selecting the right microphone, the mic placement, and all the other bits and pieces. And I was in a really, mm. really ambient room, wooden floor, mm. you know, 12 foot ceilings, glass everywhere, nothing on the walls. So I used a bath towel on my head. <laughs> <laughs> and and I put a pillow on my lap to stop reflection off the floor. Yeah, right. There you go. And uh, well, you yeah. know that's worked its little butt off. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested to know uh, after your conversation with Nick what his thoughts were on the industry at the moment and where it might be heading. Did he? Do you have much to say about? Well, we didn't really talk about the industry like now. We talked about how it used to be. Uh, I do know he likes to play golf, and um, and I know he doesn't sit in his house waiting for the phone to ring in front of his microphone. Which is, you know, and then you've got that other thing. It's like, well, should we all be just sitting here waiting? Yeah, well, I think that's becoming the game. It's, or at least being prepared, I think, is, is becoming part of the game. Yeah. Um, I certainly haven't lost any work because I wasn't sort of in inverted commas ready to go. But, you know, I can imagine that one day soon it's going to be, you know, we've just had this edit signed off, the client's expecting it back in the next two hours. I can, I can see that time coming. Yeah. Uh, I really can because, because the world's speeding up, it's exponential. Everyone's expecting that everything else is going to speed up. But, you know, like making wine, some good things take time. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I don't have a problem with saying, okay, I'm available between these hours, I'll be here, or at least within 20 minutes or half an hour away from the mm. studio. So if you've got something urgent, mm. I can get back and do it. And yeah. I'm also happy, like last night I had a, um, a script arrive. Uh, so yeah. I got the, the email last night saying, urgent, can you help? And it was like, yeah, sure. So I came straight in, recorded and sent it back. And, you know, and, and I got the email back saying, thank you, just saved my life, basically. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm ha always happy to do that kind of stuff if you're here. It's not a problem. Yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, as talent and, and as a, uh, an engineer, audio engineer, we have to set mm. some kind of parameter. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and, and I guess that comes down to what you're prepared to do, I suppose. I mean, everybody's different. Um, everybody, you know, there might be some people out there who are happy to say, yep, three o'clock in the morning, sure, send me an email and, or, or ring me and, I, and I'll do it. You and me, we'd be going, it's three o'clock in the morning, talk to me at six. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, 
the other thing is I think, you know, I think we've, we've spoken about this before on a number of occasions is it's up to people like you and me who are trying to do the, in inverted commas, work from home thing, but on a more professional level, I think it's up to us to continue that education, Yeah, you know, too, is sort of like, okay, these are this is what we can do. This is how it's better than what you're doing now, but there are still limitations to it, you know. Yeah. But those limitations are much broader than the limitations of having to book a recording studio between 7.30 in the morning and 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. In terms of, you know, there's more flexibility there with what we can do than what a, a, a facility can do. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that in terms of being a, a home studio, in inverted commas, is it's very, it's not very often that I have client-attended sessions. So the flexibility that I have is that if someone rings me while I'm doing a mix for something and says, look, we've got Andrew Peters uh, we need him to pick up a line which we need you to drop into a mix you did for us yesterday. I have the flexibility to say, well, look, I'll stop what I'm doing for 15 minutes, get Andrew to call me on Source Connect, I'll record him, I'll drop it in and I'll bounce it out and I'll send it off to you and then I can move back to what I was doing. Whereas in a rigid recording studio these days, that's not possible because you have clients and creatives sitting there, they're paying for the time, rah, rah, rah. Whereas I just stop my clock for that client, start my clock for that client, stop it again and move back to what I was doing. That's the flexibility that I have as opposed to a recording studio. And I'm sure for you as a voiceover, there are certain flexibilities that you have outside of having to go to from studio to studio to studio all day. Yeah, it's true. But the interest, the other interesting thing is kind of on the same subject. When I was away, which I forgot to mention earlier, I met with two agents, two major uh, US agents, both New York and LA based. One was telling me that they want people to come in to audition. Uh, the other one told me, if you don't have a home studio, we're not interested. Right. Wow. So it was like both sides of the, you know, both sides of the spectrum there. From Both sides of the coin. Yeah, from, from two major agents. They're both working completely differently. Let me, let me ask you a question. Is there a difference in age between those two agents? Uh, ownership? No, not necessarily. I think uh, the people on the ground, yes, there was a difference in age, but I also think they had different kind of clients. Uh, yeah, right. The one that liked people to come in had more actors, you know, in inverted mm -hmm. commas, uh, yep. where the other one was more your announcer kind of promo guy. In fact, that's that's more their business, I think, the promos, imaging, that kind of stuff. Mm. But it was interesting. Mm. I mean, that that's the two different sides of the business there. Yeah. Yeah, you're hoping that we're heading in the right direction in, with all this. You're hoping that we're heading towards a utopia where your voice talent's sitting somewhere anywhere around the world, let's be honest. And every time you hit the talk back, it's not just talking to the next room, it's just talking to another room somewhere around the globe. You mean, you know, yeah. there's, there's, it's not that much of a stretch to think that we can get to that point, I don't think. No, and it, but the funny thing is, I also met with casting directors there. I met with three different casting directors. And mm. they're, they're purely, well, they historically voiceover casting directors. One mm. branched out and was doing a bit more on camera work. The one that was branched out and doing more on camera work, when I pitched the idea of working online, they freaked out. It's like, I'm not interested. I don't even want to know about any of the stuff. The other ones, mm. they realised that they're, they're, a lot of their business was getting lost to uh, the online casting sites. Mm. Um, so what I was talking to them about was saying, look, you know, our casting site, the real-time casting site is different to the others. We still work with agents. We worked with, we worked with paymasters. We work with the union. That was the difference. Mm. And mm. I was trying to encourage them to maybe in partner up to, to make a 
you know, a traditional casting business with an online option. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's that's kind of the future. There's going to be hmm. people who have got a budget who want to bring in three actors and sit there for a half a day and direct them through, a, a, you know, a casting. And there's mm. going to be other clients who are just like, give me, give me an option of five different people. Let me have a listen. Yeah, don't like that one. Mm. Like, yeah, that one will go with that guy. You know, get them to read. Cool, done. I, I think you know. I think the the next generation of creative directors, writers, clients um, will be the ones to really get a handle on this whole "you don't need to be here to do it well" thing. Well, I'm hoping so anyway. I mean, it, it's certainly indications that I'm seeing that that will be the case. Yeah, and it, look, you've got to. I always think about this business. If if you're like yourself or or myself, when you when you want to do this, just imagine you are a, a carpenter or a plumber. Either of those guys have to buy a truck, they have to buy all their tools, you know, they have to be up to date with technology. So they make a big investment into their business. For some mm. peculiar reason, people who do what well, my side of the glass, when they set up at home, they're looking, always looking for the cheapest option. Can I do it with a USB mic? Can I do it with this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. it's like turning up with a plastic, you know, kid's tool set if you're a carpenter. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's right. if you're serious about doing this, you've got to make the investment, and you've you know, and, yeah. and to make the investment, you've got to make sure that you you're actually going to make money out of this thing. That's right. And look, to be honest, just thinking about what you're saying, it's it's not always a huge investment. I mean, as you know, there's a I do a couple of podcasts out of this studio. Um, I spent thirty dollars on a cable that allows me to plug my iPhone into my console and record interviews over the phone. Uh, as opposed to off Skype, which stops dropouts with stops up and down, you know, Skype audio quality. Yep. It was a $30 lead, but it's made the quality of the product, product I put out and improved by 200, 300%. So you don't always have to spend a lot of money to put out a better product. Yeah. But you've got to be thinking about the quality of what I'm doing and how can I do it better. But I, I, think, I think if you're voiceover talent and you, you don't have a proper setup, that's the mm. people that that's how people perceive us sitting in in our studios at home. Mm. They will use that mm, as the right. they as the yardstick and say, "I don't want to deal with these guys. I want you to come in because it could sound awful." Even if you give yeah. them a demo and say, "Look, this is what it sounds like," they've got this mm. perception because of the ones that not not doing it properly. That's what I was going to say. It's probably because they've been burnt. Yeah. The first or the second time, first and second time around, they're going, well, hey, third time, you're not going to get me. And that's why you I know, think what Dan Hurst cool. was talking about when we talked about the simulating, you know, simulating voices, mm. uh, and he was saying that would probably take away the mum and dads who are sitting at home just making 50 bucks a day kind of stuff out of doing you know, on hold services. It will take them mm. out. But I, my, mm. my belief is that the, the professionals in this business will invest a lot of money and set up a proper studio, and that, mm. will, that will actually, do, you know, get rid of all the people who are sitting on the periphery and, you know. Well, I guess the thing that comes from you saying that and hearing you say that is, you know, and something that I obviously do is that we need to be selling ourselves on that basis. Yeah, I agree. You know, sticking up, you know, for someone like you on your website, stick up a file, you know, this this file was recorded in a motel room in Hobart. Yeah, yes, that's right. You know, yeah. why wouldn't you? You know, you know, hire me remotely. Here's a sample of what I send out. You know, this is my studio sound. This is my remote sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden people are going, oh, okay, well, you know, it's not, you know, Mr. Joe Bloggs under the stairs with a USB microphone and a towel over his head. Yeah, yeah. 
No, it's, it's the guy with um, <laughs> with a towel over his head, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, but you know what I'm you, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the guy the guy in the motel room with a towel over his head has a, a Harlan Hogan kit and a microphone that he's taking the time to send around a few different studios and take feedback and listen to the feedback and get it right. Yeah, as opposed to just saying, "Well, I've got a microphone, I can record stuff for you." Yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting, um, and there's a, I so should yeah. actually look at it, but Voice Over Atlanta, VO Atlanta, was on uh, last week over the well, in fact over the weekend. Um, and uh, I did see some stuff on their Facebook page that uh, it was going to be extra pillows in each room because everyone was setting up their their, their road kit <laughs> and, and stuff. I would love to get a collection of those photographs. I think it would be hysterical. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, I think we uh, I think we've covered that off quite nicely today, haven't we? Oh, I think so. I think we've vented. I feel better. I've had my uh, <laughs> half hour of therapy. Yeah, yeah, now I can carry on with the day, feeling positive. Lovely. All right, well, uh, catch you next time around. Tonya, see ya. The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. To polish your next audio production, check us out at voodoo-sound.com. Find professional voices simply all in one place. Realtimecasting.com, including me.